Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 53. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's me, your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by listening to the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. They tell us their stories, we listen, and we apply those lessons to our own lives. It's a lot of fun. I've been having a great time learning and listening, um, and I hope you guys have too. We have a great show for you today. Don't forget, if there's anything you hear about in today's show, just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 53, and you can find all the links to everything we've talked about and a recap of all of our, our discussions right there in the show notes. Can't be any easier than that. Uh, don't forget that if you do like my show, I can really use your support just by simply sharing, liking, retweeting, and giving me some five-star reviews. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, show me your love. Uh, anywhere and everywhere you can uh, just support me is extremely, extremely uh, appreciated. It's been awesome. Uh, everyone's been so supportive, and uh, you guys know who you are. Thank you so much for, for your support. Uh, I can't do it without you, so uh, just one more time, thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Brian Shea. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm terrific. Are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge? <laughs> I hope I can. I hope I can. That's what I'm looking forward to do. I'm sure you will, and I can't wait for them. Um, so just a quick introduction. Brian is the owner of the Barley House Restaurant and Tavern located in Concord, New Hampshire. The Barley House has been running strong for 14 years and has received such kudos as TV Diner's Gold Plate Award, New Hampshire's Business Review Best After Work Bar, New Hampshire Magazine Favorite Restaurant, and... TripAdvisor's Award of Excellence. That was just 2013. Um, so I just gave a quick introduction, Brian. I'm going to pass it over to you. Tell us a little bit more about you and uh, how your restaurant dream uh, came into the picture and uh, where you started and how you got to where you are today. Well, that's, <clears throat> you know, for a lot of restaurateurs, I guess it's a long journey. And uh, I did a few other things before I got into the restaurant business. and, and uh, But it always had been something in the back of my mind since I was even a kid. I, I used to... My first cooking experience was just cooking burgers, and, and um, I grew up in an Irish family, so we didn't. I didn't have an Italian grandmother that I cooked, you know. Lots of boiled dinner dinners, I'm Sunday. sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so there wasn't a lot of culinary, uh, you know, instruction going on in our house. But um, one thing that I did do that I gravitated towards was I knew how to make burgers, and. Uh, you know, that was one of the things I started doing all the time. There was, hey, can you make a bride burger and, you know, uh, family and friends and so forth. So I really kind of got into it. And it was something that um, I never really seriously thought that I would ever be in the business about. It was just fun to do. And um, as we got older, 
going through, you know, went to college and got out and worked in Boston, the finance business and things like that. And uh, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, restaurants are really intriguing to me and just as a business and uh, food in general. And I decided to go to culinary school. <clears throat> and that's, that's what really changed things for me. And uh, I went to CIA, Culinary Institute of America in, in New York, and uh, it just opened my eyes wide. And uh, it was such a good experience. Um, I really felt like I found true passion in food. And um, But I also, another aspect to the restaurant business is running a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had done some other things in business, and I really thought it was a, a good combination for me, sort of the uh, artistic side of, of creating and then the other side of, of running a business. And um, unique, very unique, like nothing else, uh, being able to do that. And, and, and that's really my start was going through culinary school and, and just talking to chefs and, and, and giving those world experiences, uh, learning different cultures through food, and it was really, really a great, great experience. So when I got out of culinary school, I knew I wanted to be a restaurateur, not necessarily a chef. And and um, though I was a chef, that's the way I got into the restaurant business. Awesome. Um, talk to us about how your uh, your dream restaurant came into frame, Chef. Well, it was, and again, I go back to culinary school. One of the things you do in, in a lot of culinary schools is at the end of your uh, tenure there, you design a restaurant, and and uh, you know you could kind of put all your knowledge together, and, and you, you sort of build a restaurant on paper through menus and so forth. And one of the things that I wanted to do, I had this you know idea that I you know coming from my burger background of, of, of you know kid cooking these burgers was I wanted to elevate that into a professional restaurant. And so I came up with this concept called Brew and Burger, and it was about beer and, and burgers and kind of an upscale type of place. <clears throat> and um, that was what I was going to do. That was how I was going to punch my ticket. And uh, when I got out, I worked in a, a few different places. I worked around the country. I worked in Hawaii. I worked in New York City. Uh, I worked in Boston. Along the way, I became a, a brewer, a professional brewer of beer. So um, my background was, was also in, in making beer, too. So what, year great we, thing. what year are we talking about right now? <laughs> What, like, give us a time. I graduated from... in culinary school in 95. Okay. And then um, I think I ended up in Boston uh, brewing beer around 98 or, or, or just about, uh, yeah, about 97, 98. Awesome. And um, at that time, I decided, you know, this is my time. I've got the chef background. I've got the brewing background. This is my time now to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. And um, I was living in Boston at the time, and I just knew that, um, you know, rents were very high in Boston. Competition is very high in Boston. I had gone to college in New Hampshire. I went to St. A's. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to start looking there. And really the first weekend I started looking for a restaurant or a location, I stumbled upon the location I have now, which is on Main Street in Concord, right across from the State House. That was 14 years ago. Awesome. And uh, I really knew nothing about Concord. It was kind of going in blind. Didn't know the area that well. But I knew it was right off the highway. It was a good location. For years, I always passed Concord to the Gold Dome. I always was like, you know, I should stop in the Concord sometime. Never did. But I, here I was. And um, that was our start. And I knew that um, originally I did want to do a brew pub, but 
the space didn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And in uh, time-wise, I was in the kitchen at that point. Yeah. We decided to really be a beer bar, and, and, that's what, and that's what we are. So in a sense, we're sort of an up, I always say it's an upscale tavern. It's more I was along the lines of a gastropub. I don't necessarily like that term, but that's kind of what we are. We, we take sort of your everyday comfort food and just elevate that a bit and uh, marry that with a good beverage products, uh, high-end you know, craft beer, um, cocktails, and, and wine now. So that's, that's really our, our mix and in, in our, in our success is, is just in what we're doing locally. Awesome. Uh, I just love how you painted the picture of all these different ingredients in your life. Um, you know, your passion to bring people together and you, you discovered that with, you know, making burgers and you're like, wow, like this is cool. I can make burgers and make people happy. And then it, from there you got your business background, which is so important to have that business mentality in this <laughs> industry. A lot of people, that's why they don't make it. They might love food, but they don't know the first thing about running a business. And then you got that. Then you got the culinary background that you needed. And then you got the, the, uh, knowledge with being a brewer and it, all this happening at a time that was just perfect when um, you know local like beer just really started becoming popular and more and more people buying um, different types of craft beer and, and your knowledge in beer I'm sure that helps so all these different uh, like I said the ingredients coming into the pot um, in you know working together to be successful it's a great story thank you for sharing it um, yeah so the first question I have for you is can you share with us um, a success or leadership quote or mantra that you uh, apply in your day to day life. My wife, she was a school principal, and uh, I think at the time she was the youngest school principal in New Hampshire. But she, she works with people and um, knows people very well. But one of the things that we talk about a lot is working with the best people you can. And we've come up with you know the phrase, if you want to be the best, you have to work with the best. And that means hiring good people and not necessarily – uh, not necessarily that they're 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 trained in, in culinary, but that they're that they're good people. They come in with good attitudes. They have smiles on their face. They want to learn. Um, that is the most important thing in our business. And, and Chef Brian, really, and, do you mind yeah. if I share the quote? Because I think I know what you're talking about. I found it on your website, and it's uh, it's know the best, be the best, and give the best every day. Is that what you're thinking about right now? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and it's a great and, quote, and I, I wrote it down because I was hoping you'd say it. <laughs> yeah, well, there I gave you a little shortened version of it, but that, but that's really what it is. And, and if you stay true to that, that you know. We're always trying to strive to be the best. And, that, and one thing I've learned in culinary school is you'll never get to perfection, but you must always strive for it. And, uh, and, and to what we were talking about a little bit earlier is that we're always trying to learn. And that's, that is such a huge thing in business in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, more so when you're dealing with uh, people and, and, and food products and things like that, there's so much knowledge out there. Um, you, can't, you can't get it all. But you can keep trying. <laughs> you keep trying to get it, and when Absolutely. you do that, you're going to keep elevating yourself, and you're going to elevate the people around you, and, mm-hmm. and that's really what we tried to do. Great, thank you so much for sharing that uh, mantra with us. And uh, the next question I have for you is kind of more uh, about you. What is it about you? Your it factor. What personal characteristics do you possess that you believe contribute to your success? Well. I think as managing people, we all struggle to find, you know, the right tune and, you know, how to handle your kitchen guys as opposed to your front of the house people, to your managers. And it can be a very difficult thing. And I don't think there's any, you know, silver bullet that this is one way to handle people or, or not. But one thing I do say is that in a business like a restaurant, 
the main thing is dealing with people. You're dealing with your customers. You're dealing with your staff. Mm-hmm. And and you really you, you have to know how to do that. You, you have to embrace uh, being with people all day. Sometimes you've had a long day. It's tough. They're rubbing you the wrong way. Whatever. And so you what would you know say? What, what is it? What is your it factor? Well, the the it factor is just that you you must be able to adapt mm-hmm. and adapt handling different people different ways is really what it comes down to. And you're going to handle your kitchen guys a different way than you're going to handle your front of the house staff. But the the bottom line is uh, you have to have certain foundations in, in your business or restaurant that we all adhere to, that we all know going in, this is what we do. And uh, we got to follow those. And, and, along, and along the way, you know, there's other things that will be implemented, but you have to have those foundations in there. Awesome. Uh, great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that, Chef. Chef Ryan, the next question I have for you is, uh, what is your favorite restaurant experience or story? So in this industry, uh, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because of the stories that happen day to day, these funny things that happen, or maybe it's an aha moment where we realize uh, something that's going to make a, or break us, or it's a point where we come into self-actualization and uh, find our purpose and what we're, our, you know, why we're doing what we do. Or maybe it's just a funny-ass story that kind of reminds you why you love the industry so much. Can you share with us one of these stories? When I was first uh, debating whether to go to culinary school, <clears throat> and um, I lived in Boston. At the time, uh, Todd English had olives, and, and I had worked for Todd English a little bit at Figs, and this was before he got you know huge with all his restaurants across the country. Okay. And, and I had worked for him for a little bit, but uh, it had been about a year, maybe two years since I had worked for him, and... Um, I went to Olive's one night with a friend of mine, and, and his parents were in town, and I figured Todd doesn't remember me or whatever. And so I had gone up to him before we ordered, and I just popped my head in the kitchen and said, hey, hi, Todd, how are you doing? I'm thinking of going to culinary school, you know, CIA, blah, 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 and, you know, just basically to say hi. And um, they went, so he said hi, and then went back to my table, sat down, and, you know, I thought I was kind of an important guy because I went and I talked to the staff, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it was very funny because we were talking about it. And all of a sudden, Todd comes to the table, and he introduces himself and to my friend and his parents. And and then before you know it, we're getting all these appetizers coming out to the table. And now I'm looking like this big shot, you know, and... Wow, I'm, I'm like this important guy. At the time, we we're, were joking because I think the night before it was in the papers that I think that someone like Alex Baldwin had been in Olives and they made this big thing about Alex Baldwin being there. And we were joking that I was getting treated better than even Alex Baldwin would, would have gotten treated. <laughs> and so it was this really kind of cool thing, funny thing. But what really struck me when I thought about it afterwards, and even to this day, is what he was showing me was hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I didn't almost even realize it at the time. But here's this big, you know, kind of famous chef, and I'm I'm really nobody. I, you know, I worked for him for a little bit, six months or seven months or something like that. And uh, he was showing me hospitality. He was treating me like a king. You know, impressed, you know I was impressing the people I was sitting with, blah, blah, blah. But that, that's what struck me, was that it was really about hospitality. And, you know, he wasn't trying to show off or anything. He was just showing me, this is what you do in this business. And maybe it was a signal. He knew I was going to go to culinary school or whatever it was. But he was showing me something. 
And that really stuck with me. And, and he absolutely, that's what this business is about. It's not necessarily all about the food or anything else. It's about hospitality. And that was the message I got. That was probably one of the better uh, detailed stories, and and you brought us through the story, you brought us to the moment, and you told us what you learned from it. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Chef. Extremely valuable. Absolutely. Um, great story. And it kind of is a perfect segue into my next question, and I think you're going to like this one because it's on the topic of enlightened hospitality. So uh, good food and service, like you just said, are expected, but what really makes us successful and separates the great restaurants from the good restaurants is that ability to uh, make to, to be hospitable, to make people feel special and warm, and to provide that incredible, just a part of the family service, if you wish to say. Uh, so can you think of a time, bring us to a story where either you or one of your team members displayed enlightened hospitality. Well, um, yeah, the, the last thing you said to a supplier, I think is, is, you know, this may not be a fantastic story, but one of the things that we make sure we do is that we treat our suppliers like we treat our customers. And because, you know, if, you're, if you've got a guy delivering fish to you and uh, he knows he can go to the barley house and no one's going to check the fish or no one's going to care and he's going to drop that thing and go, guess what kind of fish you're going to get? And so we want to keep a really, really good relationship with our suppliers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the things that we do do is, you know, during the holidays, uh, Christmas time, whatever, you know, we make sure we're giving them uh, gift cards or, we're, you know, we're saying really going out of our way to be to bring that hospitality to, even to our providers that are bringing us food every day because we want to keep those relationships very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things where when we talk about hospitality, sometimes you just think, oh, you're just talking about your customers. But we're talking about our employees. We're talking about the people that are our vendors that are bringing us food. So it goes, it cuts across everything. And when you have that sort of um, fabric of hospitality where you, you've embraced it, you get it, you understand it, it's going to carry you. It carries you through life, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's no, oh, I just have to, you know, and one of the things that we want to make sure, when, when, especially at the table with our servers, is that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm having a bad day, but I know how to turn it on. I know how to smile right when I get to the table. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. That is not true. And, and, and we've all had those experiences where we felt that, you know, someone comes to our table is really not engaged with us. Those are the things that we try to guard against because, it's not easy just to turn it on and off. It, it, you have to work in a, it, uh, create an environment where your employees, staff, really believe in what they're doing. They believe in the mission. And when they come to work, you know, I would say, you know, it's like the old adage, you know, leave the problems at home. You're here to work or you're here to uh, provide a great experience for your customers. You can't do that when you're thinking about, you know, these things that are going on exterior. And so we really make it a point. But, yeah, that does cut across everything to our vendors. So we really want to make sure we're caring, um, caring about and taking care of our vendors. Chef Brian, if you could see my face right now, you'd see a smile that stretches ear to ear. <laughs> uh, you're just uh, dropping so much uh, value in this interview. And uh, there's no secret why you're successful if that's how you operate things. All great stuff. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chef, is uh, what was a challenge you had getting started in the industry, and how did you overcome that challenge? 
Um, geez, there, no, the, the challenges in this industry are, are there's so many, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, but I think one of the, one of the biggest ones probably for me is just making a real transition into, you know, this is a tough lifestyle. It's, it's, uh, especially when you're younger and you're out of culinary school and you're on the line. And, and, uh, I remember I was working in, um, New York city and, and I worked in this, this place. It was Right down, you know, in the city, it was near Lincoln Center. We got busy. It was a busy place, but okay. you know, we worked in the base. We worked in a basement kitchen, you know, and it was I think it was like four flights down underneath where the actual restaurant was. Oh, wow. So you're in this basement, you know, bubble that you have no interaction hardly with the staff and so forth, and you're you're just cooking all day, thirteen hours a day. You know, it's tough. It's not easy. And, and back then. They put you on salary. You didn't get hourly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you figured out your hours you worked and looked at your paycheck, you're, you're working for like four bucks an hour, you know? <laughs> but what an experience. What a great experience it was. But it was difficult. It was tough. How'd you but overcome it, that challenge? Well, I thought <laughs> it wasn't easy. But but what what you must always think about is... <clears throat> What is your what is your what is your goal? What is your long term plan? What you know as we're talking now? What's your dream? And you know here I am in New York City working under a great um, one of the really really good chefs in the city and taking a good experience out of this. And you know I'm I'm worried about you know my social life and 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 you can't you have to commit. And if it's something that you want to do, you've got to commit to it. But I contend. If you're successful being a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, you're going to be putting those 100 hours a week, and you're not going to be getting paid for it, or you're going to be putting in this other time. You cannot be concerned about the short term. Mm-hmm. You cannot be concerned about, you know what, I'm only making $10 an hour. I should make 12 You cannot be concerned about that. You need to go work, and you need to work. You need to work under the best chef you can, whether mm-hmm. it's in New Hampshire, Boston, New York. And that's where your opportunity is going to come. And and the thing that um, we always say in the restaurant is that you, you have the job before you have the title, meaning you're already doing that. You're going out of your way up and beyond what your pay grade is, and, every, and eventually people are going to notice that. And that's what you have to do. Awesome. Great advice. Um, I can't wait to do the show debrief because I'm taking notes. I don't know if you can hear me typing right now. Uh, you're just <laughs> sharing such incredible yeah. information with us. And um, I don't want to stretch this question too long, but can you think of a challenge that you're currently dealing with? Um, one of the, you know, one of the challenges, oh, there's a couple things, but one that we're dealing with right now <clears throat> is that we would love to expand our operation to another location. And um, so there are some challenges uh, to, you know, regulations and, you know, things dealing with the health care issues and things like that. We're preparing to expand. So we want to make sure our, we don't lose our culture that we have in this one location where all our energy is kind of stored in this one location. And then when you go to a second location, are you going to lose that? And so we're kind of dealing with that, making sure we're, we're kind of laying foundations where, you know, this is this is what we call Barley House Foundations, and we can't deviate from that. Mm-hmm. And so when we go to expand, we got to make sure we hold true to those things. And so right now, 
I'm working with managers and, and trainers, making sure that, you know, we're getting our message um, to new people on board, our new servers, our new kitchen people, that they are sort of embracing our, our, our mission. And, and uh, you know, that, that is a challenge because once you go to a, um, expand out, like everybody else, you don't want to have this uh, feeling that you're a chain or yeah. you, you lose something. And, um, you know, and, I, and again, I go back to there's no one, there's no silver bullet here. This is just you have to find your way and figure out how it's going to work for you. But I think for us what it is is making sure that we have really solid systems in place that, you know, this will not be brand new for us when we go to a new location. Awesome. Uh, all great, great advice. Thank you so much. And now we're going to jump into the part of the interview. I have, for no reason, I don't know why, decided to call Knowledge Bombs. Um, <laughs> so what you're going to do is just drop some big old bombs of knowledge on us. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, the first bomb of knowledge you're going to drop on us is on the topic of employee retention. Um, it's no doubt one of the biggest struggles in the industry. So what advice do you have for us to find these incredible employees and then to keep them around? Ah, that is the challenge. That is, that is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we do is we make sure when someone does leave, we find out why. And that is uh, a post, uh, you know, interview or, hey, you gave your two-week notice. I or a, uh, my GM will sit down with them and just, you know, really in a, in a non-confrontational way, they just find out, hey, was there anything that we could have done differently, you know, why you would have, you know, to prevent you from leaving? Was it about money? Was it about other things? Was it personnel accomplished? What was it? Let's get to the heart of it. And getting some of that knowledge does help us go forward. So that's one of the, one of the things that we're really, really trying to do. Awesome. Great answer. Uh, The next question I have for you is on the topic of um, industry resources. Can you think of a book or a website or maybe it's a magazine or maybe it's a podcast that you love to use as a resource and would recommend to our listeners? Obviously, looking at your stuff, I think you're a great resource. Just having a look at the website, I think uh, ultimately uh, new people coming on board need to hear from people that are out there doing it. So I think uh, you have a great resource. But there is one book that I think is fantastic, and that's uh, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. And uh, he's a New York City restaurateur, very kind of famous guy now. He's the guy that started uh, Shake Shack that probably is around the country. But he's where I learned about or, or reaffirmed the term hospitality to me. And uh, absolutely, absolutely must read for any restaurateur or manager. Yeah, um, incredible book. I read it. And uh, by the way, thank you very much for those kind of words about the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, Setting the Table is uh, definitely a book that has been uh, a re- reoccurring topic on the show, people mentioning it. And it is incredible, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you guys know this by now, but if you want to check out this book, just go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 53 and you'll find the links to that book in the show notes and you'll also find links to get this book for free at audible.com just follow the links or go to www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable and you can get your book for free what are you waiting for the next question i have for you thank you for sharing those chef brian uh, is on the topic of we use the word trend um but pat susie of say kitchen kind of recently got me off using that word and uh Instead, I'm going to say, what is one innovation, and, or who is one innovator who has your attention right now in the industry? 
Um, good question. Uh, top of my head, I, I don't think I can't think of a name, but I think we're, what, what we're seeing right now, obviously, is uh, the move towards you know local sustainable um, in that direction. And for a lot of restaurants, restaurants, restaurant tours, that's a very difficult thing because um, you know product can be inconsistent, can be very expensive, it can be very seasonal. And, you know, this, this business is about consistency. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a very, very tough thing. But what we try to do is, when available, or where we can really commit to it, we commit to it. And, um, and I think that's uh, evident in, we'll still back to, you know, and, I, and we, we talk about burgers and believe in the barbecue house, not all about burgers. But what we do for our burgers is we grind fresh every day mm-hmm. in-house and do our own patties, use all-natural beef, blah, blah, blah. And that commitment, we don't deviate from that. And so we can preach that all day long. Now, am I outsourcing my green beans organic every day? No. Um, it's just not practical. It's, it's, so what I say is you do it where you can. You make the effort. And, and, um, and that's what you're seeing a lot of places do because, you know, people want to go out and experience something that they're not necessarily – experience it at home. So you, you must give them something different, whether it's elevated product or, you know, the techniques you're using or, or whatever it may be. Um, that's why people go out. So awesome. you do have to embrace that. But it's not it's not always, oh, you're not 100% organic or you're not 100% doing local. No, we, we it's a very, very difficult thing to do. And you don't necessarily have to do that, but you have to sort of be be in that direction, yeah. Awesome. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chef Brian, is on the topic of um, products and services that you use. Um, in this industry, new things are coming out every day, and some of these products and services uh, can be great investments, and some can be absolute flops. So is there a product or service that you use and that you can give a completely objective review on that you stand by and uh, re- would recommend to our listeners? Um, well, there's... there's uh... Let's see. What we're using right now, well, I think technology um, is a big thing now, obviously. And uh, restaurants are starting to embrace technology. But one of the things that we're doing right now that I love is that we're doing um, an electronic um, uh, survey card. So at the end of the meal, you know, the old days, you would have a comment card on the table and mm-hmm. you would fill it out, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, what we have now, we use a service called HUM, H-U-M-M. And you can go to, I think it's humsystems.com where you can find out about it. Okay. But basically what it is, it's an electronic um, comment card. And so what we do is when you get your check, uh, it will come and it's almost like a, a mini iPad. And on it, and it's really easy. To, you just touch it and fire it up and it gives you like five really quick questions you know, how was you, you know, how was your service, you know, blah, 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 was, you know, uh, one to five or something like that. And then it gives you room to put in a comment. And, um, what we're finding is that we're getting a lot of good feedback, actionable feedback, um, from customers that we might not have gotten, you know, just saying, Hey, how was everything today? And they go, Oh, it was great. You know, we're getting stuff. Well, the AC might have been too, too cold where we were sitting or something like that. It's like, well, okay, you know, I didn't even know that. And so it's given us these little tidbits that we can actually uh, correct or 
sort of be notified about that we had no idea. And it's a little bit more in-depth than just having someone go on to Yelp or TripAdvisor or something like that. So we really like it. We're using it more and more, and I think it's a really good system. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And um, it, really what it boils down to is just listening. Um, you know, habits of highly successful people and businesses is their ability to listen and uh, adapt to what their customers want and need. So if you're constantly, uh, you know, just listening and uh, trying to accommodate your guests and the fact that you give them a voice and that you, you they know that you care just, just has such deep impact. Yeah. Um, and also, this isn't the first time I've had somebody mention that on the show, but it, if somebody does have a problem and you're able to nip it in the butt and you give them a chance to vent while they're still in house, they won't go to social media or they won't go to TripAdvisor or Yelp and start complaining about you because you took care of it in house. And just sometimes people want to be heard, and that's all it takes. So yeah, I agree with that. And you know, one really uh, quick thing is that you know a lot of restaurateurs do not like Yelp or TripAdvisor because you know sometimes there's some negative things on there. Um, one thing you must do with emails or uh, any kind of review is you need to respond to them very, very timely. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if it's a negative review, um, you re- respond privately and just say, you know, thank you for that feedback. We're looking into it. We're taking care of that. Or, yeah, you're right. Um, and and I, ha- I actually had one situation where, you know, they, they had a less than stellar experience and they put it on Yelp. And I immediately went on there, responded to it, and the guy actually went back and he changed his review. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's awesome. You know, so you don't know, you know, the power of responding quickly disarms people, you know, quite a bit. And it's usually when I have someone that emails me or I'm able to respond to, and if I do it very quickly, the first line usually is, thank you for getting back to me so quickly. That totally disarms them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All incredible advice. And it really just brings us back to our good friend, Danny Myers. And uh, one of the things he talks about in his book is being able to write the end of the story. Yeah, things are going to happen. Bad things will happen. It's inevitable. But the cool thing is, as the owner or as the manager or as the restaurant, anybody in the restaurant, you can make things right. You can write the end of the story. And when you... Give it the extra effort to make things right. Those bad things can be flopped into a good thing real fast. And you just gave us an incredible example of how you can do that. So thank you very much. Um, The next question, Chef Brian, is what is your best business advice for someone getting started in the industry? Geez, that you know, again, it's it's wide open. But the best the best advice is if you're you know for the restaurant business, my best advice is. Find the best place, whatever your region is, your location, how far you can travel, whatever it may be, find the best chef to work for you that you can. Mm-hmm. And, and, and go there, work there for a year, whatever it may be, and then move on to another one. You need, you need a variety of experiences, not just one. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and when I was at the CIA, one of the, one of the chefs had said, you know, when they, when you go work at a place, they're gonna, they're gonna, ultimately they're gonna offer you to be a sous chef, you know, decline it because once you start down the road as a manager or something like that, you kind of lose your experience of learning on the line. Mm-hmm. And for young chefs, it's all about cooking. Um, and, and that's one of the things you need a variety of experiences. And I, I would suggest, you know, if you live in this area, check out Boston, go to the seacoast, wherever the, you know, the good restaurants are, look for the best chefs, the best reviews and, and work for somebody. 
Awesome. Chef Brian, I've asked you all the questions I've wanted to ask. This is your chance to um, maybe add a question to the show that you think I could have asked you that would have brought more value to the interview. Um, well, you, you've done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So, you, you cover a lot of bases. But, you know, I just go back to that this is a people business. Um, and and one, of, one of the comments that I always – kind of deal with is that, oh, man, restaurants are so tough, so many hours, things like that. Yes, it is. But to, to be successful, like I said earlier, if you're a doctor, lawyer, whatever you are to be successful, you're going to be putting in those hours. Mm-hmm. You absolutely are going to be doing it. So you might as well embrace it, get used to it. The other thing um, that really kind of dawned on me in this business is that, you know, I always say, like, well, you know, the restaurant business is very difficult because we're not just a, a manufacturer making widgets. We're we're dealing with people, and, you know, it's a lot tougher. Well, let's flip that around a little bit. We're dealing with people. We can motivate people. We can teach people. We can train people. We can do those things. They're, they are your number one resource. Mm-hmm. You must embrace that. You will have a great restaurant if you embrace that. But you're not going to do it well. I can't hire good people. You need you need to be the motivator. Um, and I like to always think of our restaurant as almost like in medical school, you go to a teaching hospital. Well, here you're going to go to a teaching restaurant. Mm-hmm. We have to be teaching internally all the time. Awesome. Uh, all incredible. Um, I'm going to have to make my way up to Concord sometime soon to come pay, pay you a visit. Uh, you guys are doing some great stuff. And uh, that's all the questions I have. This is my chance to wrap it up now and your chance to call somebody out in the industry who is one restaurant professional maybe that you know and admire and respect and believe would be a great addition to the show uh well there's a, there's a friend of mine over in uh dover and i don't know if you've talked to uh cause over at the orchid street uh, chop house but he's he's a guy that uh has been in the industry for a long time worked in a lot of different places he worked out in new orleans and uh, he's just a great guy, and he's got a good restaurant, and you might uh, you might check him out. Awesome. I'll uh, get in touch with him. Thank you for sharing. And uh, the last thing we do here is give you an opportunity to uh, pitch your services. Where can we f- find you? How can we connect with you? And uh, say if you are uh, somebody, a student in New Hampshire, maybe the Concord area, how can they connect with you if they want to come work for you and learn? Um, awesome. We'd love to have, uh, you know, people come in and apply or do internships. Uh, the best way is to get in touch with me, and that's uh, Brian uh, at thebarleyhouse.com. So it's Brian with an I at thebarleyhouse.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. You were an incredible guest. Uh, really, you just dropped bombs of knowledge all over the place. Um, <laughs> I have my bomb shelter here, so I'm okay. Don't worry. But Yeah, yeah good, good, good. That's it was good. a great interview and very valuable, and I appreciate all the time you gave us. All right. Fantastic, Eric. Anytime. Well, that wasn't a waste of time. <laughs> Chef Brian Jay, you were a great man. You just dropped some incredible knowledge on us, and uh, it was all so valuable. So every show I like to debrief what really stuck out to me today was Chef Brian Shea's advice to surround yourself with good people. You're only ever as good as your team. And I truly believe this and from what I've learned just from studying these people in the industry that um, you don't have to be the best 
at what you do. But if you're good at surrounding yourself with the best and constantly looking to find people that are better and more skilled than you are in different places where you're weak and just uh, surrounding yourself with great people, you're going to be great. And it's just a matter of being able to, uh, you know, get people like this on your team. So that was awesome advice. Um, he says, always be learning. And it's so important. It's huge that like in any business, like he says, you have to be constantly pushing yourself to learn and, uh, you have to stay fresh. And that's not the first time that has been said on the show. You constantly have to look to push yourself to stay fresh, stay up with times and, uh, see what's happening in the industry. And, uh, you can tell that chef Brian Shea has read Enlightened Hospitality by Danny Myers because, uh, <laughs> so many of the things that came out of his mouth were, uh, just very in line with that uh, Danny Myers, you know, philosophy. One of them being enlightened hospitality, where you know you, you can't just be hospitable towards your guests, but it, you know you also have to be hospitable towards your inner guests, you know, your team members, then your guests, your community, your suppliers, and your investors. And uh, Brian says that he makes sure to point out, like, if you don't take care of your suppliers, they're going to give you the you know the shittiest piece of fish that they can find and you'll just be out the door and you'll never know I hit you but uh, if you treat them well and you are kind to them naturally people will be kind back to you um, it's really really cool uh, and it reminds me of the example that if you're walking down the street and you uh, you know get punched in the face your first natural response is going to be to punch somebody back not just as hard but harder same thing happens if you're walking down the street and someone hands you $100. You're naturally going to want to give back, but not just as much. If you could, if you were in a position, you would give back $1,000. And that's the same concept. If you're good to your people, all kinds of people, and you're constantly giving them uh, just generosity, the generosity is going to come back to you um, in so many different ways. And, uh, you just have to believe it cause it's true. Uh, and if you haven't read setting the table by Danny Myers, uh, you need to get on it. It has been said that it's mandatory reading. I think Paul Hibbler said it's mandatory reading if you're going to be in this industry. And it really is just go to the website, www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 53. And you'll find the links. You can have it for free. If you go to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, just get that. You won't forget it. It could be free. That's everything I'm going to talk about today. Such an incredible show. Uh, Brian, you were great. Um, and that was the second time we've had hum systems being mentioned on the show. So if I'm lucky, I can get in touch with the folks over there and maybe they can come on and teach us a little bit more about how hum systems work. So stay tuned for that too. That's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed today's shows. If you found any value in today's show, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave me a five-star review. You have no idea how much that helps me and how uh, grateful I would be if you just did that for me. That's it. Have a great night. Peace out.